Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Good morning. I should say Merry Christmas. And my wife is intent on uh, anytime throws her a ha- someone throws her a happy holidays, she comes over the top. Merry Christmas. And uh, Christ is who it's all about this time of year. Uh, and I appreciate the singing. I appreciate the worship. Uh, I appreciate you taking your time to lean in uh, as we close out the book of Ruth. We'll be in chapter 4, uh, then in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, we talked about how God reached into Moab uh, to bring out to Bethlehem Ruth uh, in order to interface her, to place her uh, in his family lineage, uh, that, that family tree, that, that family portrait. Let's look at it, verse number 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife, uh, three, uh, two and a half months leading up to this. And now uh, Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife, and uh, when he went unto, in unto her, the Lord gave her conception and say it, she bare a son. She bare uh, a son. Uh, now, 14 and 15, the people there uh, in that area were just uh, praising, worshiping, blessing, uplifting. But then something unusual in verse number 16, and Naomi took the child. Uh, and Naomi took the child, laid it in her bosom, and became nurse unto it. Uh, and then a, another unusual uh, item, 17, And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name. Can you imagine someone else naming your child? Can you imagine that? And so uh, here they are. They're rejoicing with her, what had happened to her. uh, But then those around her named him. Look at it, verse 16, or 17. Uh, And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Those three names, same with me. Obed, he is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Uh, now we've a- a- alluded to this almost every single uh, sermon as we walk three weeks in uh, Ruth 1 and then two weeks in Ruth 2 and some two and a half months later uh, how God reached into Moab and pulled her out to move her to Bethlehem in order to place her in his lineage or the lineage of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and you see those, those names, those markers, Obed, Jesse, David. Uh, look at Matthew 1. Look at verse number 1. The book of the generations of Jesus Christ. This is his lineage. You have two different genealogies, one in Matthew and then uh, one in Luke. Here in Matthew of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Uh, list two of the big names. But then it goes back, line items. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat, uh, and 39 begats later, down in verse number 16, uh, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born, say it, Jesus, who is called Christ. Uh, And you say, uh, well, where did Ruth interface? She interfaced about a third of the way down in that genealogy. Uh, Look at verse number five. Those three names, again, were Obed, uh, Jesse, David, Obed, Uh, Jesse, David, verse 5, and Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab, and Boaz, that kinsman redeemer, that near kinsman in the book of Ruth, uh, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. That's the first one, Obed. 
Uh, and Obed uh, begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king. Wait, this is Christ's family tree. Uh, or uh, uh, a little bit like this is his family portrait. He wants to get everyone in. And, uh, and he reaches into Moab, brings her to Bethlehem, uh, and now inserts her into that family portrait, that, that family uh, tree. Uh, and some of the branches on that family tree uh, aren't perfectly straight. They're not perfectly placed. In fact, this is one of the branches of Ruth, Ruth, on that, that family uh, tree. Uh, and, and, and keep in mind, right number one, if you will, God went out of his way to say, I want to make sure that Ruth's polluted pedigree is in that family tree. Uh, Ruth's polluted pedigree, and of course, above that, put down, it's a tree of salvation. It's a tree of salvation, this family tree, this family portrait, uh, that first Christmas tree uh, is a tree of salvation, and God goes out of his way to say, hey, I want to make sure that Ruth's polluted pedigree uh, is a part of my family portrait, a part of my uh, family tree. Uh, Ruth, the Moabite, uh, Ruth, the Gentile, uh, the Moabites, enemies of God, they were forbidden in the congregation of the Lord to the 10th generation, Deuteronomy 23, verse number 3. And so uh, if God were excluding ancestry or because of ethnicity, uh, he would not have included Ruth with her polluted pedigree. Why, one of the branches, uh, one of the people, as, as God's trying to get everyone in, squeeze together, squeeze together, Ruth, get in there, Ruth, get in there, squeeze together. Uh, one of the broken branches on that family tree was Ruth. But notice next, look at verse number three. Uh, Ruth's polluted pedigree, I get that, I get that, uh, I see that. God so loved the world, all of the world. Uh, but then the next, Tamar, look at verse three. And Judah begat Pharaoh and Zerah of Tamar. Judah, Tamar, shocking. Uh, especially having gone through Leviticus chapter 18 this last Wednesday, uh, talking about family members. And, and here, Judah's the father-in-law, Tamar's the daughter-in-law. Uh, Judah's the father-in-law, Tamar's the daughter-in-law. Hey, we know the story in Genesis 38 when, when Tamar marries Ur, Judah's son. Uh, Ur dies before giving child, and of course that Leverite law of marriage, that next son would be in line to marry her, uh, and he did. Uh, after Ur died, no kids. Then uh, Onan married her, died, no kids. Uh, and then Judah refused to have any more sons die. Uh, and so he passively paused. But, but Tamar took matters in her own hands. Are you following the story so far? Judah, father-in-law, Ur died, Onan died. Uh, and then Tamar, waiting for the next. Judah passively uh, pauses. But then Tamar takes matters into her own hands. You've got to read the story. It's in Genesis 38. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, she heard about how her father-in-law was going to go care for his cattle uh, in a certain place. She dressed up like a harlot. She dressed up like a prostitute. She waited for him. She allured him. Uh, with that veil, she deceived him, uh, and they negotiated the price for that pleasure, prostitution. She negotiated that price for that prostitution with her father-in-law. Uh, and the price that was uh, deemed the cost for that pleasure uh, was his signet, his bracelets, and his, his staff. And so uh, he goes in immorally, uh, immorally, incestuously to sleep with uh, Tamar. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, after it was done, he forgets all about it until months later, maybe the second trimester when 
Tamar begins to show. Now, don't forget, uh, it's still Judah's daughter-in-law from Ur and Onan and Tamar. He sees that she's pregnant. He's enraged and said, she needs to die. She needs to be burned. Keep in mind, he's overstating it, much like David with that sin of Bathsheba and Uriah. Uh, she was never to be burned, never to be burned. Yeah, judgment, but not, not that. Uh, and, and then when he's leveling this judgment on her, she says, well, the dad of the children, uh, the dad of the kids is the one that owns, do you recognize this signet ring, these bracelets? Do you recognize this staff? Hey, Judah, before you pass too harsh a judgment, you're the dad. Uh, and Pharaoh and Terah were born from that, that shocking sin, that shocking sin. Pharaoh and Terah, uh, and God goes out of his way to say, hey, I want Pharaoh. I want Tamar to be in that family portrait. I want uh, Tamar. Uh, that, that shocking, not just, number one, Ruth's polluted pedigree, or that broken branch, uh, but also Tamar's shocking sin. Uh, the last thing we do when we put up our Christmas tree, we just did uh, this last week, especially if it's a real one, it uh, hasn't been so in a while. But anyway, uh, uh, we always spin it to find where the gaps are and put those in the back. Uh, where the broken branches are and put those in the back. We try to hide the holes. Has anyone ever done that with their Christmas tree? And so put that in the corner, let the good part, the good part, that, that full part, let that be uh, the part that people see. Uh, but God said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get rid of the gaps. I'm not going to uh, hide the holes. In fact, I'm going to highlight the holes. I'm not going to get rid of the gaps. In fact, I'm going to give a bigger platform to those gaps. Ruth's polluted pedigree. Tamar's shocking sin. Uh, and it's almost as if God would say, yeah, I want a real tree. I don't want a fake tree, a plastic tree. I want those branches in my tree. And so that family portrait, uh, I mean, it has some heroes. Yes, I get that, some, some uh, exemplary people. But it also has some that are, boy, I can't believe God went out of his way to uh, include her or to include them or to include that. Number Verse 5, look at it. One more. Broken branch. Uh, and Solomon begat Boaz of, here it is, of Rahab. Rahab, uh, you may know her more uh, often by Rahab the harlot. Rahab the harlot. Uh, you'd think that he'd balance it out. Tamar, shocking sin. Boy, let's find a Sunday school teacher. Let's find someone that uh, has a perfect exemplary record and, uh, and balance it out with her. And God says, well, I'm going to throw Rahab the harlot in. In fact, uh, uh, someone may say, well, don't you think that's a little derogatory calling her uh, Rahab the harlot? No, God called her that. Uh, the Bible calls her that. Uh, in Joshua chapter 2, before we ever know her name, it, it says the spies went to a harlot's house whose name was Rahab. Five out of the eight times in the Bible when she's mentioned, it's Rahab the harlot, Rahab the harlot. Uh, Rahab the harlot, Rahab the harlot, Rahab the harlot. And I'm sure she was glad three times it was just Rahab. And so uh, uh, God said, I want to include them. That's my tree. That's my family tree. Hey, my grace includes them. Not just Ruth's polluted pedigree. Uh, not just Tamar's shocking sin. Number three, Rahab's sinful stain. Her sinful stain. Ruth's polluted pedigree. God would say, I want her as a branch 
in my son's family tree. Hey, I want her included in my son's family portrait. Tamar's shocking sin. Uh, where so many would have run from her. Uh, so many would have excluded her. God says, I want to include her uh, as a part of my tree, that, that real tree. And now, uh, Rahab's sinful stain. Hey, God didn't try to get rid of the gaps. God didn't try to, to turn the broken branches in the back. He didn't try to uh, hide the holes or airbrush the errors. Hey, God in his grace says, I'll include them in my family. I'll include them uh, in my ancestry. I'll place them in my son's genealogy. Why? It's a real tree. It's not a fake, phony, plastic tree where we dress up, we pretend on, uh, on Sunday. Hey, no, I want them, those branches in, in my tree. Uh, as we rotate the tree to find which side should sit in the corner, uh, look at the next one. Look at verse number six. I mean... Uh, it's all throughout, broken branch after broken branch after broken branch on Christ's family tree or that first Christmas tree. Look at verse 6. And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. And, and of course, that's Bathsheba. But I, I think it's interesting and noteworthy that uh, rather than saying David begat Solomon, of Bathsheba. He would have saved six words there. Uh, he could have been more concise there. Uh, but uh, instead of saying of Bathsheba, he wanted to remind everyone of her that had been the wife uh, of Uriah. But now number four, uh, not just Ruth's polluted pedigree, but Tamar's shocking sin and, and Rahab's sinful saying, but David's immoral murder, his immoral murder God says, my grace is bigger than all of that. I want to include all of them in my family, in my ancestry, in that first family tree. We know the story because it was David the king who should have gone to war when the time of kings that go to battle would have gone. But David stayed home walking on his roof. He knew the line of sight to Bathsheba when she was bathing. He knew that because her dad, Eliam, was one of his mighty men. Her grandfather, Ahithophel, was one of his trusted advisors. And so uh, this wasn't a by chance, an old man I, I, I didn't realize, I saw, and I tried to turn away. No, this was David going out of his way to make sure that line of sight, uh, and then he sent servants over with his position, practically forced her, uh, and it's David's immoral murder that God says, Hey, this isn't a squeaky, perfectly clean, absolutely, uh, without any blemish. In fact, God would say, uh, if we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Where they represent all of us to motivate us to realize God's grace is big enough for us. But down number five, uh, he included uh, uh, Ruth's polluted pedigree and uh, Ray and Tamar's shocking sin, and Rahab's sinful sin, and David's uh, immoral murder, but then uh, 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 others' mixed messes. They're mixed messes. It's all throughout, all throughout. On first glance, on first blush, there's a, a couple corrupt characters, but upon further review, uh, in verse number two, there's Jacob the deceiver. 
Verse 3, Tamar the incestuous. Verse 5, Rahab the harlot. Verse 10, David the immoral murderer. Verse 7, Solomon the polygamist. Uh, 7, uh, Rehoboam the tyrant. Verse 8, a couple more corrupt kings. 10, Manasseh the idolater and on and on uh, and on and on. Would anybody agree that uh, this first Christmas tree was a lot like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree? Would anybody agree with that? I mean, that thing was pathetic. The only thing more pathetic than that that would rival that may be this family tree here. But basically, God's saying, I don't care what your past is like. I don't care how far you feel you've fallen, uh, how painful uh, uh, the wrong, the sin, how, 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 how much you've fallen short. Boy, it doesn't matter to me. My grace is bigger than that. I want to include you in my family. I want to include you and name you with the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love how that family portrait before uh, Christ was ever born, God is setting the stage. You know, a lot of us uh, in my family tree, um, one of my aunts is uh, a member of the Daughters of the Revolution. And so there's a little bit of a pedigree there. And uh, Jim Mann, not my uncle Jim Mann, but uh, way above that, uh, was one of the naval captains during the, uh, the Revolutionary War. Uh, and then on the other side of my family tree, there's some that serve time. There's some that, uh, I mean, you can't pick who's in your family tree. You just get what you got. But you know, God could choose every single one. Uh, he reached into Moab, brought out a Ruth, placed her in Bethlehem in order to insert her uh, in that family tree, to insert her uh, in that family portrait, that, that tree of salvation is big enough for her. Uh, Rahab the harlot, big enough for her. Uh, Tamar, the shocking sin, big enough for her. Uh, David's immoral murder, big enough for her. And it doesn't matter how far you've gone, how far you've fallen, God's grace can reach all the way to where you're at. Well, if, you're, if you'll receive him uh, as your Savior. Uh, you see, for that family portrait, Tamar wasn't fo- photobombing that family portrait. Would anybody agree? Rahab wasn't sneaking in and, hey, I'm in it too. Uh, she wasn't photobombing it. God chose them to be a part of that. Uh, God chose them. He wanted them in that. Uh, hand selected them. It's almost as if he said, uh, we went this last week to Orlando uh, and it was the third memorial uh, service for my mom. And she wanted something to be done there in Orlando where she worked for years. And so uh, I'm not sure if those three were, uh, it was hard, good for me or hard on me. Probably helped me to process. Uh, but uh, we also had a chance to get the entire family. Uh, my two brothers, uh, their wives, uh, all of the cousins, all of the grandkids, and just uh, all of them, all of them, great-grandkids. Uh, trying to get a family portrait with some 20-some people isn't easy. You ever been there? Uh, scooch in, scooch in. Uh, hey, Isaac, scooch in. I want to make sure Rahab the harlot uh, has room for her. Uh, and, uh, and, and Abraham, hey, make sure you move over. Give room for Tamar, shocking sin. Uh, and I think Abraham would say, do you know what she did to my, my, my grandson? Do you know what they did? Are you sure they should be a part of this? Uh, are you sure we should make room for them? Uh, And then Jacob, 
Jacob, I know that your name has changed to Israel and God's chosen people. I get that. Hey, hey, Jacob, move over a little bit because I want Ruth the Gentile to stand right by you during this family portrait. I think way too many times we get hung up with comparing ourselves among ourselves and measuring ourselves by ourselves and then we decide in our mind whether consciously or not Uh, I'm better, I'm worse, they're better, uh, they're worse. And should they be included, should they be excluded? Uh, And God throws the net so wide, his grace so big, uh, he says there's room for the Abraham, there's room for the Isaac, there's room for the Ruth, there's room for the Tamar, uh, and there's absolutely room for you. Uh, God's transparent in who he had be a part. Uh, But, he also went out of his way to include some extreme examples. Extreme examples. Uh, Oswald Chambers said this, it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done, there's absolute reinstatement into the family of God by the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Wait, take a good look at that family portrait. Someone that may say, well, I'm too far gone. I've done too much. I'm, uh, I've slid way too far Uh, And it's basically God holding up this family portrait saying, this is my family. Well, I'm proud of this family. Because it's not about what you've done or what you haven't done, but the fact that you've connected, the fact that that you've received him, the fact that his grace covers that. Boy, we're all included in that family portrait of God. Isaac, scooch over. Uh, Rahab needs room. Abraham! Hey, just make room, make room, because Tamar, Tamar, uh, shocking sin, Israel. Hey, hey, put Ruth right next to you, ordinary sinners in the back, <laughs> uh, extraordinarily sinful people. Boy, make sure you're in the front so we can all see. And God says, this is my family. And as they're trying to scooch together, scooch together, uh, that camera comes up to take that family portrait of Matthew 1, Uh, You can hear the Holy Spirit in the background say, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Boy, what grace, uh, what love that he would include us. Uh, My wife used to buy picture frames. Um, Based on the picture frame, not knowing what picture she was going to put into that picture frame, Uh, And at times, she would just put that picture frame out on the table, coffee table, uh, there on the side of a counter, uh, still having the stock photo inside of that picture frame. And and I mean, these guys were just perfect. The uh, airbrush and the plastic surgery and and all the blemishes aside. I mean, perfect. Hey, this is anything but that. God's family portrait, uh, anything but that. Uh, His family portrait, plenty of blemishes. Plenty of sins, uh, plenty of imperfections, but his grace, his grace, his mercy, and his love. Uh, With the chill in the air, uh, snow eventually will come. Um, And if you ever drive to work or to church and you see one of those trees that's just broken, broken, it's deformed, it's not even symmetrical, uh, and you see the blemishes, you see the blemishes, but when the snow falls and the snow covers that tree, covers those broken branches. Uh, All of a sudden, one of those trees that you never would have chosen for your house, for that Christmas tree, uh, with snow covering that, uh, all of a sudden, it looks so much better. 
though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Uh, and instead of going out of his way to, uh, hey, get rid of Ruth and get rid of Tamar and, hey, David, he didn't fall, he shouldn't be in that picture, and, but make sure they move over, get out of the way. God tinsels that tree in his grace. He doesn't put the broken branches in the back. He doesn't try to get rid of the gaps. In fact, that tree of salvation, that tree of salvation, whosoever will may come. Put down number two quickly. Not only is it a tree of salvation, uh, it's a tree of inclusion. Uh, of inclusion. And by that I mean this. When God wanted to write a book of songs, he hand-selected not a perfect person. He hand-selected David. David, that immoral murderer. Uh, David. Uh, how could he do that? God's grace brings salvation. God's grace brings inclusion. Say that with me. God's grace brings salvation. God's grace brings inclusion. Say that with me. God's grace brings salvation. God's grace brings inclusion. When God needed someone to uh, point out the, the behind the scenes and kind of clue in those two spies that went over to Canaan spying out Jericho, the Holy Spirit of God reached into a harlot's house named Rahab and chose her, included her, used her, blessed her. Why? Because God's grace brings salvation. God's grace brings inclusion. Uh, when he wanted to pen the Pentateuch, uh, Genesis through Deuteronomy, the first five foundational books of the Bible, uh, he didn't choose a perfect person. Uh, he chose Moses, a hothead, a murderer. He killed an Egyptian, lost his temper, killed an Egyptian. You say, well, was that his temper? Uh, go to the second time that he struck the rock when he should have been speaking to the rock. Thou rebels, rebels, must we bear you water from the rock? smiting it when he should have just spoken to it. And God says, I'm going to use him. <laughs> I'm going to use him because I don't want it to be such a, a high bar that no one feels like they're included, such a, a, a narrow doorway in. Boy, my grace makes just enough room for every single person who receives my son for their salvation. Uh, when I was in Bible college, I actually was discouraged by uh, preachers that were larger than life and uh, hero in every story they told and uh, just uh, constantly talked about uh, just me, my, and somehow twisted and uh, made themselves the hero, it discouraged me. Uh, it discouraged me to the point of saying, well, I don't know that I can pastor because I'm not perfect like he's perfect. Come to find out, neither is he. I don't know if I can preach like they preach because I'm not larger than life. Like, they're larger than life. Uh, come to find out they're not larger than life either. Uh, and God took just the opposite approach. Uh, rather than polishing this thing and airbrushing the errors, uh, hiding the holes and getting rid of the gaps and turning the broken branches to the back, hey, God was transparent in including uh, and, and saving and and blessing, and, and hey, Isaac, scooch over, bring in Ruth. Uh, Abraham, scooch over, move over, make room for Rahab, and, uh, and, 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 and this example, this example. Uh, it's a tree of salvation. It's a tree of inclusion. In fact, uh, probably the greatest missionary, preacher, Christian, uh, of all time, Paul, Paul wasn't perfect. In fact, Paul 
terrorized the Christians. Listen to what he says. 1 Timothy chapter 1. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath included me, enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy, tinseled with grace, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. How be it for this cause, for this cause. Uh, here's why he included Ruth, and here's why he included Rahab, and here's why he included David, and here's why he included Tamar. For this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern, for an example. Hey, if God can use me, God can use you. Uh, if God would include me, God would include you. For this cause, uh, it's for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Can I remind us in Hebrews 2, he's not ashamed to call us brethren. Hebrews chapter 11, he's not ashamed to be called our God. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, he's made us accepted, highly favored in the beloved. God wants to include me in the family. God wants to involve me in the ministry. Put down number three and we're done. Quickly, quickly. Uh, how Ruth interfaced, Ruth interfaced, one of several broken branches. Uh, that that uh, God reaching into Moab, bringing to Bethlehem, interfacing into that, that lineage, uh, along with Tamar, along with Bathsheba, along with uh, Rahab, along with uh, David. It's a tree of salvation. Uh, it's a tree of inclusion. No broken branches in the back, front and center. Uh, not hiding the holes, tinsel them in grace. Uh, not getting rid of the calves, covering them in the snow of my forgiveness. Uh, a tree of salvation, a tree of inclusion. Lastly, write it down. It's a tree of transformation. It's a tree of transformation. For you see, God's grace will include us who we are. God's grace will involve us where we are, but God's grace does not leave us how we are. God's grace does not want to leave us how we are. At Titus chapter number 2, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation. Ruth, get in. Rahab, get in. Tamar, David, get in. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us. The grace of God does that. Teaching us. This portrait of grace does that. Teaching us the grace of God that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Boy, it's the grace of God that comes first, and the grace of God motivates that. Uh, it's God's grace that can take a Rahab from the house of a harlot uh, and place her in the Hebrews Hall of Faith. It's God's grace that can take a David who, in a moment of weakness, uh, that immorality, that adultery, that, that, that murder, but can change him uh, into the sweet psalmist of Israel. And by the way, if you're still in Matthew 1, look down at verse number 21, the inscription at the bottom of that family portrait. Uh, look at verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, uh, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, 
for he shall save. For he shall save his people from their sins. They needed saved. We need saved. And if you've never been saved, Christmas is the time for you. Uh, that tree of salvation and inclusion uh, and transformation. I love Isaiah chapter 61. For us in the synagogue, Christ appropriated or identified he came. That was spoken uh, of him. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He laundry lists in verse 1 uh, that he'll bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives and open the prison doors to them that are bound. In verse 2, to comfort them that mourn. Verse 3, to give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Halfway down verse 3, that they might be called trees of righteousness. That Rahab might be called a tree of righteousness. That Tamar might be called a tree of righteousness the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. I do think all too often uh, we get caught up in the busyness of Christmas and then, uh, uh, okay, if it's not me, if it's not me, then the others of Christmas. Uh, and I think that we definitely need to intentionally realize uh, it's the Lord Jesus Christ, Christmas, Christianity. Boy, anything that would displace, anything that would take from him, it's God manifest in the flesh that came to dwell among us. And I also like uh, Matthew 1 where it says, uh, Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat, 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 uh, all the way down until the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says, of whom was born of whom was born. Uh, something different was happening. Something different was happening. In fact, uh, Isaiah chapter 9, unto us a child is born. Yeah, yes, a child was born. He never was a child. A child was born. But unto us a son is given. He always was the Son of God. Always is the Son of God. And, and so God himself came to earth to live like us, to die on the cross, to pay for our sins, to save his people from their sins in order for that family portrait. Hey, scooch in, scooch in. In 1997, scooch in. Uh, in in, in, in uh, uh, 1984, 1984, uh, I want to include Scott Toole in that family portrait uh, when he bows his head and he trusts Christ uh, as his Savior. Hey, hey, move over, make room. There's a whole lot more, a whole lot more people that, that are going to come to Christ. But I want to make sure that no matter what they had in their past, no matter how far they've gone, no matter what they've done, uh, when they look at that family portrait and see the Ruth and the Tamar and they see the Rahab and, and the David and, and, and all those others, they, they boldly step forward into the grace of God and become a part of the family tree of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. 
Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.